welcome back to Grit Iron Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. We are going to get you set on this episode for the big game, as every commercial puts it, because they don't have the legal rights to say the Super Bowl. Rams, Patriots, first got to check in with the resident moose. Man, brutal loss for his chefs. However, following that loss, my man went to the Windy City ahead of this Arctic vortex and sucked out some money for his uh, for himself, second in MSPT Chicago. Tough loss, Mo, but then you bounce right back, get a nice win. Had some fans sweating you, including Laird the Goat. How you doing, Mo? How have the, how the last two weeks treated you, the resident Moose? Uh, yeah, it was did not feel good afterwards. Had to vacate the thread, so I didn't listen to uh, people who won't. I just I feel like the Chiefs probably played maybe in their like 40th, Patriot 80th, and still just probably should have won the game, but you know, coin came up great. So why I would ever imagine anything different would happen. But yeah, we're we're doing our best with what we can control. But uh pointed in Mahomes too. I, some some clear weaknesses to me have emerged and like the biggest one is he he just can't foot like I just don't understand like if his mechanics aren't all in line, it just seems like the ball's just going wherever. Second row usually it just sails and I don't know. I just feel like people are just gonna start blitzing him and he better figure something out out on some of these touch passes where he isn't able to step into it. And Patriots just like really exploited that play, I guess. Well, here's the thing. Not every week is he going to be schemed against by Bill Belichick, right? Like I saw Bill drawing up one of the Van Noy sacks. I can't believe he does this. He does one of those coach telestrator sessions for Patriots.com. And it's, it's always a great watch because Bill's really ornery with the media, but when it comes to X's and O's, like he totally geeks out. So when he gets on that telestrator, like, I don't know, he just lets his hair down and, and tells it how it is. And and how he drew up uh, one of the plays, like he knew exactly where Mahomes wanted to look, what his first and second read were. And on the same play, not not only did they, they double Hill, but they shaded coverage towards a slot slant, which took that away. And then by the time that Mahomes was looking for his third option, they had run an inside stunt and Van Noy was like in his face. So it, I get it. Some of Mahomes' flaws were shown, but you're not going against Bill Belichick every week. You know, like it's only going to happen once a year. And that game, you're just going to have to find a way to win. But for the most part, I think Mahomes is going to be fine. Like Belichick's just the goat, man. Yeah. I mean, he definitely knew what to do. And, uh, you know, I get that, but dude rides off into the sunset. Gonna have to beat him probably most years in the playoffs. You know? Yeah. And what about what about Chicago? Nothing. No mention. No happiness. Come on, kiddo. Great run. It, it was good uh, job, but uh, don't think I could have played much better. So I uh, felt pretty good about it. And, uh, you know, like a four percenter too. So it's all good. Can't really be mad at all. <laughs> and DP... You were on the winning side. Your Patriots are in the Super Bowl. 
once again, are you bored yet? Is this boring? It has to be, right? Why would it be boring? (laughs) This is like the guy that plays Madden on the easiest setting and then brags to his friends that he's won six Super Bowls. Like, Come on, I don't do that much bragging. Get out of here. <laughs> the only time I really brag is when you guys get all your panties in a bunch, like Mo, especially, <laughs> so I got to throw it back in his face. That said, I'm I'm not bored. This year especially, I'm not bored because of where they were during the regular season and how much I was writing them off and then how they s- seem to just flip a switch come playoff time, and now they look like the old Patriots, which has got me a little bit more excited from a fan perspective. Uh, so, so that said, you know, this, this isn't boring. And I'm, I'm also, you know, I mean, this, the whole thing just seems insane to me that the bigger picture whole thing, and that's, you know, going on what, 17, 18 years, uh, I believe it's going on 18 years, um, just this entire run. So now we're when I was younger, you know, and, and they were winning a lot. I, I was definitely, uh, much more cocky and rubbing it in people's faces. And obviously that stupid New England fan, now that I'm a little bit older and I've seen it a lot, I just kind of I want to just watch it all happen and just enjoy it because I think that we're never going to ever see this again in any sport. Um, so that said, uh, I mean, I, I'm not bored with it at all. Um, it, I mean, I think that I've been listening to a lot of different media outlets talk about, you know, is this is this good or bad that the Patriots are back in the Super Bowl? They're there for their third time in a row. Uh, fourth time in fifth years, I believe. Um, I mean, sh- I I, I kind of think it's good because, or I lean that it's good because I believe that there needs to be some sort of villain in this sort of thing. I mean, I get that like the golf versus Mahomes is like that next wave of great players or or at least with Mahomes and then golf has McVay, um, you know, and really good matchup going forward, you know, especially going back to the game you were at earlier in the season, Rich. I mean, that thing was just absolutely incredible. So if we would have got that rematch in the Super Bowl, that would have just been nuts. Uh, that said, I still really enjoy seeing the Patriots there and seeing all the, all the hate that comes out against them, but also all the love that comes out from the New England side. So I think that that uh, dichotomy is really cool to see, and I think that it's kind of needed just in this this biggest game. Yeah, on your own Patriots self-hatred, Keith Woodward, another GOAT fan, five kids all in, reached out and asked me to play some of your horrific takes from the summer about this Patriots team not being good and not getting to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, some tech difficulties. I'll I'll get to that especially if the Patriots win the okay, Super Bowl. Okay, but how bad were they during the regular season? Right, but the regular season doesn't matter. This is rule of LeBron. Like, just get to the playoffs, then start trying. I mean, I, I, I can't predict them just getting to the playoffs and flipping a switch because they never have done that. They're never a team that gets to the, the playoffs and then flips a switch. You know, they don't just do what LeBron does and kind of just coast through the regular season and then all of a sudden, you know, it's go time. The Patriots are, they've either been a wagon from start to finish or they, they haven't been, and they've fallen short of the Super Bowl every single year that they haven't been that team that we think that they usually are. So I can't just be like, yeah, they're going to flip a switch because they've never done that before. Brady getting older and wiser. He knows you just you don't have to try. When, you, when, you're, when you're in the AFC East, you do not have to try to get to 10 wins. It's, like, it's just handed to you on a silver platter. And then you start trying in the playoffs. Like Brady was taking, he was doing the Rodgers, taking zero hits and just throwing the ball away. In the regular season, absolute right thing to do. And then postseason, if he's got to stand in there and take a hit, make a big throw, then he's going to do it. And and props Which to him. he hasn't because he hasn't been touched yeah. in two games. Patriots first and adjusted sack rate. And the second note there, which you said, 
is this repetitive Patriots Super Bowl run thing good? And I would say absolutely it's good. How many crappy Marvel sequels do we have to go through that people just pile into these movie theaters for, right? Like, we love a sequel. We love, instead of making new movies, just making the same movie every 10 years. I mean, how many Oceans movies are there? You know, A Star is Born. Was it the third remake of that movie? Like, we like seeing the same story over and over again. For what reason? I don't know. So this Patriots run has absolutely been good for football. It's either somebody to get behind or somebody to get against, polarize everybody, and everybody wins. And that's the big game. Before we get to the lines or the props or anything, going to start with the props, DP have a fun and exciting contest coming from sharpside.com, our friends from the Roto Grinders family. What's going on? How can we win? Give us the lowdown. Yeah, so uh, the Sharpside app available for iOS and Android devices. Download that thing if you haven't already. Get in there, start making some some uh, picks. They're free. It's a really cool, easy feature. You just swipe right or left on a whole bunch of bets. There's more than 80 bets available uh, to be picked for the big game. And so for this Sunday, when the big game takes off between the Patriots and the Rams, the person who picks the most correct uh, props, so that's the, all the game props and player props that are in there, um, there's tons of them, will win $1,000 in FanDuel credit, um, which is basically just as good as cash on FanDuel. Um, so that's a, a really cool really cool top prize. And then uh, second place, Roto Grinders Premium for one year. Uh, and then third through 10th, we'll get a one-month subscription to Roto Grinders Premium. And then everyone in the top 10 will get a SharpSide t-shirt as well. Um, again, this is totally free. All you have to do is download the app and uh, make some picks and see how you do. It's really cool. It's really fun. And it's an easy free roll to win some money. The big game. Got to say big game. It's not just any game. It's the big game. It's funny how now with the partnerships, certain places are able to use Super Bowl and you realize it like like uh, BetStars in New Jersey. I was just looking at their app the other day and they have Super Bowl and stuff like that in there. Caesars has official Super Bowl parties this year, you know, as opposed to everything being the big game before. Yeah. Man, laws are stupid. Okay, so we're going to leave the game itself for the end we're going to tackle some props first, but usually, I know this is a Burt Minotti special, usually with props, you start to tell yourself a story, perhaps, of what you think is going to happen in the game, so that not only are you... not Props aren't used as hedges all the time, they might just be used to align one side, and if you're going to get the game right, you're going to get your props right as well, kind of one big sweeping motion, and win a ton. Um, my props are kind of all over the place. They don't really tell a story. Uh, but we'll start with Mo first, and we're going to start with the overs, the fish side. So we've got the Westgate up here, or if you deviated from that, that's fine too. Mo, from all of these props, and there are an insane amount of props this year. Prop betting has really jumped the shark almost. Uh, which of these overs has jumped out to you for the Super Bowl mode. Um, As for overs, I didn't see too much. Uh, kind of have some correlated plays that I liked. Uh, one for me is Todd Gurley. Okay, not last week, but last game. 
Um, he had probably the worst game he's ever going to play in his life. What did he an interception by not catching a ball? Then he didn't catch another ball in the hands that was, I think, for a first bench for C.J. Anderson, pretty much. And he admitted after the game he played about as bad as possible. And this week, it's this is it. This is the season. Rams are going to go back to riding their horse here. Um, some overs of Todd Gurley's, particularly I like over three and a half catches. Um, running backs catching the ball to the backfield. Um, Gurley, over the past two years, has averaged four receptions roughly. So uh, we know um, he's a big part of the passing game. We know the Pats aren't too great at defending this. We saw, once again, Dante Hightower get exploited by Damian Williams out of the backfield last Kareem them for the last couple of years. And I just think uh, Todd Gurley is going to be a much bigger part of the game plan. He's going to stay He's going to be involved in more plays. And I like over three and a half catches quite a bit here. I really want to err on these props, but uh, this one I do kind of like the over. Why do we just assume that Todd Gurley is healthy? I think he's healthy by far. So then what the the question? So what the hell is going on then? I mean, I, I mean, I think, well, one, I think what he said is kind of true is that he played like a total asshat and he ended up getting benched uh, because of it. Um, I also want to say that uh, the moment got too big for him. No, I mean, that's stupid. If, if CJ Anderson is out here playing good football, then Todd Gurley should be playing better football. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. He has to have something wrong with him. I mean, he was fine in the Dallas game. Was and he? Then he was, was he though? Was he fine? Like he didn't look like Todd Gurley in that game. I mean, he got production, but so did C.J. Anderson, who's just been eating for eighteen months. Like C.J. Anderson walked for a hundred yards against the Cowboys. So yeah. So I, I mean, so I, I I think I think he's fine. I I don't think the injury is a concern, especially now having two weeks off, and especially because going into that New Orleans game two we, weeks ago, well, had two, there was nothing about his injury. Well, he had two months off. Before the Cowboys game, right? Like he's he's well rested. I'm pretty sure that once this game ends, like Todd Gurley's going to get his knee scoped, or he's going to have like minor MCL surgery. This dude is not right. Like it doesn't make I mean, sense to my eyes. He played so well uh, this year. Feel like he should be all right at this point to like get through one game. Something really really wrong in that case. Yeah, this is gonna blow up. But if it's just been something out quite a bit um then i think he's going to be a huge factor right and i think that's one of those things they're definitely going to cover up right so so i was somewhat interested i'll let dp go next but i'll just add this in here i was somewhat interested in the opposite correlation i was interested in betting based upon my gut feeling that todd Gurley is not right, and just firing every C.J. Anderson over. Like, his over for receiving yards is four and a half, which is insane to me. In a world where Todd Gurley might not be right. Like, you're telling me C.J. Anderson can't get over four and a half receiving yards? Like, that's wild to me. Yeah, but that's what they want you to think, man. <laughs> that's how it always happens. I mean, listen, I I lean with Mo on the... It, 
the the Todd Gurley over on receptions wasn't my favorite overplay. Um, I, I mean, I lean with Mo that I don't necessarily like taking a ton of a ton of overs. I've, I've learned that from Mo. Um, so, but the three and a half receptions uh, for Todd Gurley, I think, is is a good play. Just given the way that I think, Rich, you mentioned it. You know, you kind of paint a story about how the game's going to play out, and then you correlate your your props uh, accordingly. Um, I think that Todd Gurley is going to need to be used a lot in the passing game and, and him specifically. And, and I mean, he's, he's much better than let's say on the other side of the ball, James white, you know, James white is like definitely a guy who just kind of comes out of the backfield a lot of the times, but, and, and when they do spread him out wide, he's not running like really real wide receiver routes. Todd Gurley's not like that. Todd Gurley is running like legit wide receiver routes, much like Alvin Kamara does for the saints. Um, that said, where do you attack this Patriots defense? And that's largely on the linebacking core. I mean, they can't cover worth a lick like those guys. I mean, Dante Hightower is like running around with cement blocks in his shoes. Um, I mean, Kyle Van Noy, yeah, he can get up after the quarterback and he's gotten really good at that. And, you know, disguising his blitzes when he comes late and that sort of stuff, but he cannot cover Todd Gurley. I mean, and that's not like saying that, that they're so bad. It's just that Todd Gurley is so good when he comes to come out of the backfield. So I think that if, you know, if the Rams are going to going to want to move this ball up and down the field, like the Rams offense that we know, they're going to have to really lean on Todd Gurley in the passing game. And I think three and a half is, is simply too low. So I really like it. And then just kind of going against what you said, Rich, I'm, we're going to talk about it later, but I'm on the total other side with CJ Anderson. So that'll be interesting. That's weird. See to me, and I agree. You're totally right. Where do you attack the paths? It's it's the it's 2019 NFL, right? Throw to the back. It's it's impossible to guard backs. I don't even I don't care how good your linebackers, even if your linebackers are amazing, they're going to have a tough time guarding these running backs out of the backfield. Patriots 22nd in DVOA defending the running back. But to me, it's a lot easier for CJ Anderson to get over a half reception and over four and a half receiving yards like those seem like slam dunk numbers in a world where Todd Gurley just might not be right Todd Gurley could just be a glorified decoy at this point I mean he could be a glorified decoy but he needs to not be a glorified decoy if they need to have a shot in this game well they might not they they might not have a shot that's that's the thing there there you go all right DP you said that wasn't your over what you got for us no I'm looking at a I like Rob Gronkowski, um, and I like him for a few different overs. Um, I feel like, well, first of all, with the way that uh, with the way he's been coming on much more as of late, uh, you know, he's getting a little bit better every single week. Um, now he has a whole two weeks off to prepare. I mean, anyone can read into anything that they want, but the fact that he's gyrating and dancing like a fool on opening night of the Super Bowl tells me that his back is fine, and he doesn't need to be worried about doing anything extraneous to injure himself going into the game. Uh, that said, there's also the conversation about whether or not he's going to retire. And I have no idea if that's true or not. I think that it's true enough that if he is going to retire, this is a show out game for him to go out on top. Um, so there's that factor. And then also just the way the Rams play defense where they funnel everything kind of towards the middle um, and tight ends do do pretty well against them. Uh, so I like Rob Gronkowski over uh, 56.5 on receiving yards. That's at Westgate. But if you look at Station Casinos, the line's actually 55 and a half. So we can get a little bit better, better value there. I also like the over on receptions at Westgate. It's at four right now. And then, I mean, this isn't really an over, but it's kind of an over if you think of it. Uh, Rob Gronkowski to score TD. I like the yes at plus 170. 
Gronk. I was looking at Gronk. He he looked like a different guy last week. And I don't know if that is this turn it on in the playoffs narrative that we we're talking about. Where they just Bill Simmons likes to use this analogy. They treat Gronk like like a sixties or seventies roadster. They keep the tarp over him. You know, sometimes they take him out for a drive bubble wrap all year. Yeah, they take him out for a drive once a month, make sure that the engine's still working, make sure you change the oil. But then there's that couple times a year where you take him out on the PCH or your local highway and you just you let her rip, right? You get that feeling back and you see what the zero to sixty feels like, how many horses you can get going, and this might be that spot. He he looked like a different dude last week. The, the the guy that really looked different was was Brady, to be honest. He made he made some throws that I didn't think he he still had in him uh during that overtime period, which which really impressed me. Um Okay, Brady looked good in the fourth quarter in overtime. Yeah, that's Brady what, didn't look so good before that. No, that's what I said. In in overtime, he he made like two or three throws that I didn't think he had in, in him anymore. But I'm, I'm but I I think coming out of that game everyone's like, "Oh my god, Brady's the GOAT." Listen, he's the GOAT. I love the guy. But if if that game would have ended, if if that idiot on Kansas City didn't have his hand offsides, then I mean Brady's throwing three interceptions and they lose the game. It's a totally different story. Yeah, which no. is so wild, no doubt. Yeah, I mean that's football, man. Rule of small small margins. I mean they say it's a game of inches and it seems to happen every single week. Yeah, for sure. Same, same thing in the other game with the the pass interference that has been talked about ad nauseum you know the one horrific call and the rams are in the super bowl or no call yeah no call um but also the, the saints should have won that stupid game anyway well they they definitely had several chances <laughs> to do so uh getting the ball in the overtime my my favorite thing my favorite outrage moment from conference championship weekend was everybody after chiefs patriots complaining about the overtime rules when literally the game before it the home team got the ball first and didn't win. Like, it's, oh, that's the best. It's like everyone needs to get the ball. Well, the home team got the ball and like could have been justified, but they screwed it up and threw that stupid interception. Like, what? You, did you guys not see that, or did you just gloss over that? I don't understand. I do. I do think I would like to see just like like soccer. Like you play like a full kind of quarter or whatever, and maybe it's ten minutes and there's no sudden death. That's what I would like to see. Um, that said, it's not like these teams, and it's also it's not like so. In, in the New England-Kansas City game, it's not like can- the Kansas City defense doesn't know the whole time that the rules are, if New England scores a touchdown, this thing is over. Right. Or even going into the all the decisions that go into getting to overtime, tying the game in regulation, those decisions are all made knowing that the overtime period is sudden death, right? Like, that's why all these analytics people are coming out here and saying, uh, you know, in that scenario, down 14 you know, try a two-point conversion because you want to try to win in regulation and not get to the overtime period where things might be out of your control. So these are all known factors that people are just yelling and screaming about afterward, which is just, I mean, just kick rocks, everybody. Let's get out of here. My over. I like getting weird with props. Props are a way to have fun on the game. And this is, to me, a fun one, but it also feels like I'm pushing no matter what, and maybe winning. So this feels like a bit of a free roll to me. Rams players with a rushing attempt 
I'm taking the over on five, minus 110 on both sides, on the over and the under. I'm taking the over on five. So two weeks ago in the divisional round, we had six Rams with a rushing attempt. Gurley, Anderson, Goff, and then three receivers, Woods, Reynolds, and Cooks. And last week would have been a push against the Saints. We had everybody except for Cooks with a rushing attempt last week. To me, it's an absolute stone guarantee that you're getting four. You're getting Gurley, you're getting Anderson, you're getting Goff, and every game they give Brandon Cooks, or excuse me, uh, Bobby Woods, that end around. I think Bobby Woods has something crazy like 30 or 40 rushing attempts this season. So I think you're guaranteed to get four. So I like my chances at getting five. And then I just need one more guy to get me up to six. I need Cooks or Reynolds to run an end around and get me to six. And in this game, I mean, this is a kitchen sink game, right? You need to throw everything you got to beat the other team to win the Super Bowl. That's why last year we saw a Philly special. And then we saw the Patriots run their own Philly special pass attempt to Brady. So this is a game to get weird. And if we keep talking about attacking the linebackers of the Patriots, getting the ball wide is one way to do that. And running non-traditional run plays, whether it be sweeps or what have you, is one way to do it. So I'll take the over on five Rams to have a rushing attempt. Dude, I looked at this exact prop for like 20 minutes. <laughs> what what, what I, ultimately I, made you pass? Um, I couldn't decide one way or the other. You, you can't also forget, I don't know if you mentioned him, sorry if I missed it, but Josh Reynolds too. Yeah. Um, and then also, <laughs> also uh, Johnny Hecker, your favorite Johnny Hecker. What That's if he fakes right. the punt and That's run? right. Or even the up man. Right on a fourth and one, they they snap it to the up man, and he runs it forward. Like, I mean, I feel I feel like I came I came to the result that like just like you said, like everything I went through was like, oh my god, like this seems like a lock. And this line, I believe, was actually four and a half at Westgate when it first opened, oh, man. and it went up to five. Um, and I was like, I was looking at it and looking at it and looking at it, and and I was like, you know, I feel like they want you to think that this is such a lock, but then, but but. When I say that, I also know that there's so Westgate has Westgate alone has like more than 400 individual prop bets that you can bet on. And like I I've been like I referenced Station Casinos earlier. I, I noticed that they have a whole ton in my app right now. And then obviously the ones in New Jersey, DraftKings, FanDuel, like there's just tons of these. There's no way they can get all of these perfect. Like There's just no way. Yeah. Right. Like there's it's just not possible. I mean, yeah, they can get stuff like, you know, the first quarter point totals and stuff like that, where it's just very much a formula based on what the game is going to happen. And they're very good at that, uh, Vegas and you know the rest of the bookmakers around the world. But these props, like this one, like how, how do you even know? I mean, like I have no idea. And I, I just got a little scared, and and I was like, I, I just, I don't know. I couldn't pull the trigger on it ultimately. But I, I did study this one, so I'm happy you brought it up. This bet way too fishy for you, Mo. Right? Way too fishy. What'd you say? <clears throat> you guys are cutting out again. This 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 prop has to be way too fishy for you, right, Mo? You know, I actually, instead of that one, I was looking at uh, um, over two, two and a half players with a pass attempt as a kitchen sink prop. Uh, it's roughly even money. Um, I, I think it's actually game. And on Pinnacle, this is this is actually even money. So that may have some value. Uh, I don't know how you get. 
I do kind of suspect, especially, I mean, the Patriots pulled out a flea flicker last week, and I do kind of suspect Johnny Hecker, somebody's going to point. Yeah, I, I, I do like the over on two and a half for that. For the, uh, for the Action Network, they had a, they always have run a contest, get your prop up in Vegas. And I submitted one about Hecker and or Edelman completing a pass. Um, and yeah, I think there's a, a very good chance that, that one of those guys attempts a pass in this game. The, like, the Patriots do have done weird stuff in the playoffs. Like Edelman completed that big pass against the Ravens many moons ago. They ran the Philly special. Like you said last week, they ran a flea flicker. Uh, that was an overtime, right? That they ran a flea flicker. Like McDaniels does weird stuff. In these spots, these these kind of kitchen sink plays. Uh, but let's get on. Can't forget about the backup QB either. The backup QB, if, Brian Hoyer. What if he gets in there to make a run? No, for you. Hoyer the destroyer? No, for your prop. You're over on five rushing attempts. The backup QB? I'm confused. I'm saying if, if Goff has to miss any sort of downs, you have to consider that as well. That's another player. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I can't, I'm not booking on <laughs> a QB injury. But, yeah. Can Sean Mannion even move? Like that guy seems like he has. Didn't, deep. He, didn't he? I think in the last game of the season he was in there for a few, a few plays. He he seems like he might have the cementist of feet. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You only need the attempt. That's you don't right. need him to actually do anything. That's right. Just need him to plunge forward on a fourth and one. All right, Mo. Time for some unders. Time for some negativity. This is where the sharp betters wet dream unders on props in the Super Bowl. What you got, buddy? Yeah, um, for me, once again, in, in the same vein as the girly thing, I like C.J. Anderson under 10.5 rushing attempts. To me, if you're taking over 10.5 rushing attempts here, it's basically a parlay of um, girly isn't healthy and Rams are losing the game. Because if Rams are girly isn't healthy, they're probably just going to pass it. Um, like, Last week, Gurley played the least snap play and 16 rushing attempts. So I think that number is probably going to be about cut in half this week. So I do like that under quite a bit. Um, and then I also like I see like too many Tyreek Hill type long TDs coming out of these teams. I think this threat is probably Cordero Patterson, and we should probably expect him to touch his total. And then on the other side, it's probably Brandon Cooks, but I mean... You hate Brandon Cooks. You're the worst. I still think... Maybe Todd Gurley. I mean, but Todd Gurley obviously has to be feeling, you know, 100% if he's going to yard run. Probably Brandon Cooks, but I still I, I do like under forty nine quite a bit here, and then Pinnacle as well. And this one I think the under is like minus one thirty over there, so it looks like people are hitting this under, and I, I'm I can see why that. DP, time for you to get negative. Give us the under or unders that you like. I mean, I'm doubling down on Mo's Mo's under of CJ Anderson, and I will. Uh, Mo will feel good that the line at Westgate for C.J. Anderson rushing attempts is at 11 right now. 
So if he's buying the under on 10 and a half, he's buying the under on 11. Uh, so good news there. I'm also on that under for rushing attempts. I mean, a month ago, this guy was what working at home Depot. Like, and now all of a sudden he's out there getting a, a ton of rushing attempts. And, and a lot of his rushing attempts when he's had these really big games, we've talked about it already. Todd Gurley hasn't been right. He's been injured. Um, these, these last two games, I mean, I don't, the last game, I don't really know what the hell was going on with Todd Gurley. I feel like he just got benched because he was sucking and, and, uh, CJ Anderson got a lot of run there, but I mean, this is the Super Bowl. They need to ride their horse. That is Gurley. And I don't think that CJ Anderson is going to touch the ball, uh, close to 11 times to make this go over. And I feel like this line is a little bit more inflated than it should given the recency bias, uh, that people will have towards CJ Anderson, just knowing the big numbers, uh, that he's put up both yards and rushing attempts these last couple of games, uh, when the Rams have really been in the spotlight over in the NFC. And then also, uh, you know, kind of uh, piggybacking off of that CJ Anderson to score a TD. I like the no at minus 170. Um, so I like those two together. I, again, I just think that this is too much of a Todd Gurley game and not much of a CJ Anderson game at all. You guys are just blindly betting on Todd Gurley self. I love it. Love it. Bring it on. Could you just bet every single under, like 400 unders and win money? (laughs) Perhaps. Um, Generally speaking, yes. Yeah. Most likely. Um, What was I going to say here? I do like what you guys are saying about rushing attempts specifically. Because I, I agree that there's very few range of outcomes here where I think that the Rams are blowing doors and running the ball to salt the game away or control the clock. I think this is very much a neutral or negative game script for the Rams throughout the contest. Candidly, I think this is going to be neutral script throughout the game for both teams. I think it's going to be very high scoring back and forth blow after blow, which does not give you a CJ Anderson 20, rushing attempt game, right? This is, like Mo said, they're going to be throwing the ball to the backs, which is why I'm interested in those those two over, C.J. Anderson, over a half of a catch and over four and a half receiving yards. Like, my man just has to catch one pass. <laughs> just quickly, you, you didn't talk about your favorite running back over. Yeah, because I wanted to diversify. Everybody knows, I mean, James White, over four and a half receptions. I mean, that's just a joke line. You know, that's at that's six now. Yeah, like, it... Six? Who opened it at four and a half? Remember we were looking at that? No, it it opened at Westgate at four and a half. Yeah, and now it's at six. Yeah, like what what is that? This is the worst line ever set. Like I, I mean, it's cl- clearly the worst line considering it went up one and a half receptions. I think the best bet I ever made, I think I got an adjusted line against the Falcons. Uh I think the adjusted line was like not over nine and a half receptions at like plus four hundred or something. Plus it might even been bigger than that. I have to go back and look. But James White's going to catch a bazillion balls in this game, barring injury. So you missed the four and a half. I still like the overall six. Like, they're just going to feed that dude against something Corey Littleton and uh, that other clown, something Mark Barron. But my under, again, getting weird. I like getting weird. I like the under on one and a half yards for the shortest touchdown. Now, this is juiced a little bit, at least... At the time I checked it, minus 180. But these two teams in the regular season scored 102 offensive touchdowns. 18 of them were from 
the one yard line. So 17 and a half percent. So basically, uh, we need to let me just do some quick math here. One divided by 17. We, we basically need six offensive touchdowns in this game to to get to a one yard touchdown. If for every six touchdowns over this hundred touchdown span, one of them is from the one yard line. And these are two great teams to score one-yard touchdowns because they throw the ball a ton, so there might be some offensive pass uh, pass interference in the end zone opportunities. And they also, when they get into the red zone, they're one of the smart teams that just plows the ball forward. Uh, And they both have really good offensive lines. Those are the two marquee units in this game, the Patriots offensive line and the Rams offensive line. So yeah, I, I, I believe that there is a very good chance that there is six-plus offensive touchdowns in this game. And thus, I have to take the under on uh, one-and-a-half yards for the shortest touchdown. I also like that it's juiced at minus 180. That means that they don't necessarily want you to bet that side and or their sharp action on that side. So under, I like this for you. I also like that you brought up the, the pass interference thing because I think that that's certainly a big factor here especially brandon cooks is like the king of drawing pi and i feel like after last week's debacle in the saints game that's something they're going to be looking for much more and it might be a little bit more ticky tack than we'd like to see emphasis we love emphasis here on the gridiron gamble podcast give me well, under- that's why i kind of like also um over 15 and a half yards uh see 20 and uh yeah i mean the amount these teams throw and how just like these secondaries are, um, I think that has a pretty good chance of coming in at plus one twenty. Uh, there might be some value there. That was over fifteen and a half average penalty yards. Is that what that was? Longest penalty, longest penalty called. Oh man, yeah, that seems like a dream. Yeah, come on, let's <laughs> wait a minute. Well, last so last year, remember they they there was that Corey Clement catch that was like a catch no catch. They reviewed it in the Super Bowl, but that they basically like changed that rule like on the fly after the the thing that happened with the Steelers and the Patriots with um tells his name the tight end Jesse James. Oh yeah, yeah. So they kind of like changed it on the fly because there was like that big uproar in the Steelers game. I feel like that sort of similar situation could happen with pass interference here they missed that one so egregiously in the saints game that you know they're going to be like guys pay attention to pass interference right you know like pay attention to it so if that's the case you know you get some of these guys going deep um, especially on on the rams i mean you could definitely see and look at who plays defense for the patriots i mean jc jackson like he just mugs people all the way down the field that's all that guy does so you can definitely see this happening yeah that was part of my that that emphasis was part of my reason for liking the over there yeah for sure that that's a great read mo i mean the commissioner was out here admitting wrongdoing that's not wrongdoing but admitting that the call was blown yesterday, which is something I didn't expect him to do. I thought that they were just going to like fire Al Riveron and kind of sweep this under the rug. But for him to go out there and, and, you know, stand in front of everybody and admit that they screwed up, there can definitely be some emphasis on DPI in the spot when a hundred million people are going to be watching your game. All right. It's time. Mo, you first, unsurprisingly, you're going to be on the dog here, right, kiddo? Miscellaneous prop or are we going to the game finally? Going to the game. Oh, I forgot. Miscellaneous prop. Sorry. Real quick. Let's sneak it in there. Just real quick. Uh, 
I like Edelman no TD for minus one forty. Um, career numbers and then extrapolating onto the uh, his over under of six and a half with juice to the over for uh, catches for this game. Seven or eight percent edge on this one based on my math. I think the the lines implied implied probability that he'll score here with no big and I think. His actual chance of scoring is something like 37. So, based on his catching line. So, I do like the no side on Edelman, minus 140. DP, let's get miscellaneous. So, um, does MVP count as miscellaneous? Can I ask that? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, I like uh, stemming off what I talked about earlier Rob Gronkowski to win MVP. Um, it's plus 3000 now at Westgate. I already bet it earlier in the week at plus 3,500. Um, so I like that side. I also like, will there be a safety? The no at minus 900. I know that is a ton of juice, but I think that that's just awesome. (laughs) Well, it's like minus 1300 on pinnacle. So yeah, that's good bet. Vegas historically sharp bettors have printed on the no safety bet. And then there was that weird run with Broncos Seahawks. Not only was there a safety, but it was the first score of the game. And then it happened again. Patriots Falcons. Not only was there a safety, but it was the first score of the game and first score safety has traditionally paid out an insane amount. They've, they've now brought it down. It's, it's rule of Leicester city, right? No team can ever be 5,001 because the books won't, hold that kind of liability anymore so and, and no one no no public better wants to bet the no here of course like they're the, not laying they're, that they always just, they're like oh my gosh plus 800 let, that's great eight to one on my money or whatever the line is and you know kind of along these similar lines there's a will this game go to overtime and i think with the recency bias that last week or two weeks ago both those games went to overtime and now this line isn't as high as i think it should be i think I, it's similar around minus 900 minus a thousand uh, looking across some places in Vegas. And that might be another one that I like. I like to grab as well. I'll go quick with my miscellaneous. It kind of piggybacks off of Moe's uh, take a little bit and it pumps up his guy. I like Robert Woods more receiving yards than Julian Edelman plus seven and a half. This really feels like a Robert Woods game to me. Feels like what Sammy Watkins did last week because I do think that the Patriots will take away Brandon Cooks if they go ahead and take away one receiver, which will allow Bobby Woods to eat a little bit. I could definitely see some kind of line from Woods like 8 for 110 in this game where he's just getting fed over the middle of the field. Uh, so I could see him just having a better game outright than Edelman. So if I'm getting a 7.5 point cushion, I'll take that. Mo, no, you get at it. No, you got to get out of here. Get to a doctor's appointment. Lead us off. Who do you like in the game? Uh, well, I'm from preseason, and I will not be hedging because I only like to really hedge if I think the other side, EV side. And I would have considered it uh, if the line came out where I think it should have been, which is minus. And I could have got and maybe have a small chance for a middle, but. I think the Rams are way, way, this line is just completely, Rams should be like minus two here. Um, Rich, you tried saying, what are the Rams and see what the Pats advantages are. I mean, 
Rams are better in every area besides voodoo of making the other team shit their pants. So slightly favored all look-ahead numbers on the last few weeks, and then they went out on the road, beat the best team in football. Call there was against them. It happens. Um. Meanwhile, the Pats uh, uh, somehow their voodoo to get a player who didn't affect the play to line up offside on the game-winning interception. So now all of a sudden, apparently they're favored against the Rams. Any sense to me? That's the definition of recency bias. Um, Pat's coin came up Brady like eight out of nine times that game. They would that that they didn't show me anything I didn't already know. Um, no love for the Pats defense. And I mean, I mean, held Mahomes to zero at home in the AFC Championship Wade, game. Wade Phillips, he's not Bob Sutton. All right, be, be able to do more stops and. They're not just going to get the ball rammed down their throat, even though this run D seems to be on here. Um, and I just think the biggest difference is the quality of the weapons. I mean, both QBs, both QBs are playing behind elite O-lines, but I'm much, much more worried if I'm the Pats defense about what the guys who are going to do with it. I don't know, man. I just The Rams have to worry about when the Pats players catch the ball. I just trust the Pats to get more stops. And and that's why it so if you're looking at this from a pure market standpoint, buy low, sell high, I agree. This line opening one and moving all the way to three in some spots, now resting at two and a half in favor of the Patriots. I agree that from a pure market standpoint, the Rams are probably the right side. But from a football standpoint, I'm just not afraid of anything that the Rams do like the Rams biggest advantage to me is that defensive line being able to generate pressure with only four, but the Pats are first in adjusted sack rate and Dante Scarnecchia DP's boy is doing a tremendous job. Brady not getting touched. So, so in a game where the Rams biggest strength, I don't think is going to be a big factor. I just, I have to favor Bill Belichick to outcoach the other guy. And I'm not saying this is a blowout, but you know, if we're playing gun to my head, I have to take the Patriots. I have to lay less than a field goal. Um, why won't on every offensive play, the Patriots just throw at Marcus Peters every single play. Like if, if I could go into a time machine and no playing well. It's not like he's just horrible at football. Um, I mean, he is horrible. Yeah. If you're betting on the Pats, you're just simply betting on Pats voodoo. They're just they're they've been the better team all year. So, I mean, if you want to go ahead and lay two points based on voodoo, I mean, go. Well, I'm betting on Pats defense as well. I just have to go with what I see on the football field. So I'm betting Pats defense as well. Pats defense that went two arrowhead and held Mahomes to zero points in the first half. And at home, absolutely took apart the Chargers. Made Phillip Rivers look like a rookie. And now we have Jared Goff, a bad quarterback, in a big spot. I can only imagine what Belichick's going to do to him. Like, if there's one team that I think can get stops in this game, it's the Patriots. I don't think they're going to get very many stops, right? I'm not out here saying that they're going to hold the the Rams to, to two touchdowns. But if I trust one side to get a handful of stops... It is the Patriots. 
but it is going to be hella high scoring. Like, see, I don't know about the high scoring thing. Who's, I know you mentioned that earlier. Who's but getting I just, who's uh, getting multiple stops in this game though? Like consistent stops in this game. I think the Patriots. So you think this is patched by like fourteen? Yes, I I do think this will be the biggest victory, or it's likely to be the biggest victory for the Patriots in a Super Bowl. Wow. Yes, I think I just don't think that at the when it comes down to it, my biggest thing is so this. I think the biggest matchup is going to be Patriots offensive line versus the Rams defensive line, um, with Sue, with Donald, uh, with uh, who's it? Brockers is the other guy. Um, you know, I think they have a really good ability to be able to get after the quarterback and get after Tom Brady. Um, you know, that said, the Patriots offensive line has been great all season long. I mean, they've been really, really good, right? I mean, and even in these last two playoff games, Brady hasn't been touched. I mean, he's, he's probably going to wear this the same white jersey because there's no grass stains on it whatsoever. Now, the Rams, they've been – so throughout the regular season, they weren't as good as advertised, I feel like, especially against the run. And I know that the Patriots want to run a lot more this year than they have in, in past years. That said, they – pretty much shut down Ezekiel Elliott altogether a couple weeks ago. Then, you know, more, more recently the, the, they, I mean, the saints couldn't run the ball at all in, in that game. So maybe they just, they're the ones that, you know, we talked earlier about the, the Patriots flipping the switch. Maybe that defensive line has flipped a switch, um, which I think could certainly be the case. Um, that said, my trust is going to go with Bill Belichick, with Dante Scarnecchia, and with the fact that I've seen this before. You know, I've seen the Patriots go against uh, J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney multiple times and just make those guys totally invisible. I've seen them go just recently the, against that Chargers front line and make them look invisible. I've seen them go against the Chiefs defense is not good, but their front line is the best unit of that whole defense, and they Brady didn't get touched there. Um, all of that said, I think that they have the ability to control this game, keep Brady standing upright. Um, Brady's also been playing better in general, so I think that that helps. And then the run game as well will we'll get rolling. So I think that once that, that happens, the Patriots will start to get a lead and start to be able to lean on the Rams. And then that turns the ball into Jared Goff's hands, who I don't think is ready for this moment. Not that he's not good enough, I guess. It's it's weird. Like, I just feel like he's too young to be here and be ready. I mean, I think you saw a little bit of that in the first half of that, that saints game. He was running around like crazy because he's got that whole thing where, where McVeigh's in his ear till the, the mic cuts off to the quarterback at 15 seconds. So if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm not showing my defense till 15 seconds. Like my guys are just kind of standing around, you know, and then all of a sudden once 15 seconds happens and, and, Goff is the one who makes the play or calls the final play. Um, then if I'm the defense, I'm going to move into like a different thing. So I feel like Belichick is the best at playing games of chess like that. And I think he's really going to make this extremely hard for Jared Goff to be able to, to figure things out, even though McVay is going to be in his ear till that last possible second. And so you listed off all those defenses that didn't touch Brady. You can go back to last year's Super Bowl, right? We were the big story. The Eagles can get there with four. Well, the Eagles had one sack in that game. Granted, it was a massive sack. It was a strip sack that ended the game by Brandon Graham. But Brady had 500 yards passing in that game. Three touchdowns. The dude was awesome. And he had the ball with a chance to walk down the field and send it into overtime. 
and they finally got the one sack that ended it. But it wasn't like that front four stopped the Patriots from succeeding last year. They did just fine. Like I said, 500 yards of passing. It was that Nick Foles just had the game of a lifetime against a Patriots defense that was worse last year, like way worse. It, it, that's fair to say, yeah, right? And GP? they sat one of their best defensive players. Yeah, they, they um, just. They, so, I I would I would trust Nick Foles in this spot more than I would trust Jared Goff. Me personally, I just I don't think Jared Goff is is ready for this situation. Um, I just I just don't. I mean, even I watched some of the some of the opening night on NFL Network, and he looked like wide eyed and kind of nervous, just like there in front of everyone it's it, you know it's weird and and you could definitely see it again in that in that first half of that saints game i mean yeah he calmed down a little bit later on but he i mean he was he was at one point he like ran all the way out to i think robert woods like almost on the sidelines like give him the player like it just well that's not like that's just, not that's not gonna happen because this isn't the superdome right there's not just gonna there's not gonna be eighty thousand pats fans okay no impossible. i actually think that this is going to be a huge Patriots home game. No. Massive. No I, shot. Yes. No shot. Dude, first of all, the Rams don't have any fans. You know that. You live in California. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Like, there's... I'm telling you, man. This is going to be a shit show. There's not going to be more than 20,000 diehard Patriots fans. Like, that's just how uh, the Super Bowl works. So. The Super I'll take it over. The, that's not how the Super Bowl works. Like, there's just more neutrals. Especially in, like, a... And uh, I'm and I'm trying to think of the word it, like a dome in Atlanta. Like this, this crowd is not going to be loud enough to affect the Rams play calling. No shot. Okay, fine, fine. Talk me off that ledge, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't trust Jared Goff to have the game of his life. Like that, the Eagles needed Nick Foles to have the game of his life last year. Like that Alshon Jeffrey throw to the back left pylon was a thing of script writing. Those things don't happen. And I just don't foresee Jared Goff having the game of his life. It's just not some... If, if you guaranteed me that Todd Gurley was 100% healthy, I would be shading Rams in the spot. But without them being able to lean on him, even in that short passing game, I don't I just can't... I can't... I can't I don't have enough intestinal fortitude to click on the Rams in the spot. I I also think that uh, I think that the I mean you mentioned Marcus Peters you know why don't they just kind of go after him I think that the Rams have three really talented but also really three highly volatile players and that's Sue that's Peters and that's Akib Talib where those guys can blow a gasket at any time like I mean Peters is like I feel like the Patriots just just give him a double pump and a double move and just go deep on him one time. Like whether that's Cordero Patterson, whether that's Philip Dorsett, whoever it is, I feel like that guy bites on every single pump fake known to man because all he wants to do is intercept balls. Um, that said, uh, I mean, Akib Tlaib has in several big spots. I mean, he used to play on the Patriots. This is pretty well known that he, he can get way too up for games and do something really stupid, whether that's snatching someone's chain off, ripping them by the face mask, or just he's too hyped and pulls a hammy. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't buy into that. I think Talib's a proven winner. Was on one of the greatest defenses of all time with the Broncos. I, I want to keep Talib on my team. 
Yeah, I, I do too. I'm just saying when you have three people like that, the the chances of something crazy happens, some penalties, whatever it is, are higher than if you have just like just a keep to leave. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Like, what was it? Percy Harvin and, and Doug Baldwin were had a fist fight before the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl. Like, I don't think those things are necessarily bad, especially in blood sport football gladiator shit. Like, I don't I don't think that's the worst thing that can happen. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I listen. I like the Patriots minus two and a half. I like them. I I'm holding a minus one ticket. Um, I got them super early. I feel great about that. I still feel good about getting them now. I, I mean, I mentioned. I think that they just uh, they win this game and win it outright uh, pretty easily. Um, I mean, I also think that uh, I think that a lot of what happened last year plays into their psyche and and just their approach to this game. It's you know, I feel like last year they were. I don't know. Maybe they were distracted a little bit. Maybe it was the whole Nick Foles thing. Just, you know, yeah, Nick Foles, he's a backup quarterback. We're going to beat this guy. It's the Eagles. They always lose all that sort of crap, you know, and they just, they didn't put their best foot forward Uh, this year. I think it's much different and they are, they have that bad taste in their mouth from last year. I mean, I think that you kind of see it with the way that they've been acting all week and and just some of the things that you read into that they're talking about and how they're approaching things and so we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes but i think from you know just being business-like with everything i think that this patriots team is back to being the patriots of old and you know i don't think tom brady is going to let them lose this game i it's not happening to well, me it's just not I, I i to me this game's this game's a bit of a coin flip honestly there the only result that would shock me is a rams route but if I'm not surprised if either team wins this game. I just have to shade the Patriots. Here's my official bet for the game. And if you got it down earlier, good for you. This is a bit of an unorthodox tease, but I like teasing the Patriots to three and a half, plus three and a half, and taking the over on 15 and a half. Because even if the Rams win, I think it's like a field goal game. I mean, a, a large amount of the Patriots games are three or four points or at the Super Bowl. Sorry. I think there was like two of their eight that were more than four points one way or the other. So give me Pats plus three and a half and over 50 and a half. That's what I like. And that's Gridiron Gamble. Mo had to dip out off to the doctor. Follow him at Mo Nuara and you and follow DP at Donnie underscore. Peters, check out sharpside.com for that contest. Download the Sharpside app available on Google and Android, uh, Google and iOS, I should say. And best of luck in the Super Bowl. We'll be taking your ticket bets. So be on the lookout for that. And we'll recap the game at some point next week. So check the feed for that as well. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. Be safe and peace out.